Welcome to Reality Review. This is our weekly recap of Survivor Winners at War. I'm here with two of my best friends. First and foremost, let me introduce Andrew. Andrew, how are you? I'm great, man. How are you, buddy? Doing great. And also, News. News, how are you? Uh, I'm doing great. It was a great episode, uh, and, uh, you know, I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, another week, and Michelle's still in, so you know news is happy. Uh, oh, you know it. Yeah. Let's cut straight to the chase here. Uh, Adam is out. Um, g- give me your perspective, uh, news. Did you expect Adam to go out this episode based on what you had seen? I mean, I was kind of wavering between uh, Nick going home and Adam going home, but then, you know, near the end, especially when, like, Adam at Tribal Council was, like, you know, asking everyone, like, what they're doing, and, stuff, and everyone was, like, dead silent, you know, not, like, making any eye contact or anything like that. It became pretty obvious that, uh, you know, Adam was going home. It was kind of a chaotic, like, uh, tr- tribal council. I-, I really felt that Adam was going to stay, but uh, we'll talk about it later. But I really thought it was going to be through other means than the votes. Uh, Andrew, what did you think of just the, the chaotic tribal uh, ca- council as a whole? You know, there's a lot of sporadicness, especially from Adam. Um, what did you t- uh, think of all that? Um. I mean, personally speaking, I like a little bit of chaos. It adds a little bit of intrigue to the episode. However, I do find that the chaos, the whispering at Tribal Council, um, the just the whole scene of it all, Adam and Ben arguing while people are whispering around them. Um, I don't know if this was the best look for the winners. And then for them to have all this chaos only to vote Adam out of all people really just is, it feels like a waste of chaos. Yeah, I agree. It certainly seemed more chaotic than the actual vote seemed to be. It seemed to be pretty straightforward, which is not what the episode, I think, made us believe. Uh, I I do wonder if uh, there was people who maybe weren't going to vote for Adam, but then decided to vote for him based on that. But, you know, we'll hop into what I alluded to earlier, and that is the uh, the fake out idol. Um, News, did you think this idol was going to be real? I think uh, I'll be honest. It it seemed real to me. I think Adam. I followed Adam's logic. I was like, you know what? That makes sense. They've never done this before. And like, you know, what better timing to you know implement such a twist like that than uh, uh, a winners like all winter season? I think uh, to be quite honest with you, I think it was a huge missed opportunity by production to not do something like that. And I think uh, you know in the future we'll definitely see you know uh, the production add something. Yeah, I definitely think that if you were on the cast of Survivor 41 to 42, you know, certainly COVID pending. Um, but like if you're on that cast, I feel like you have to be looking like not only like around the setting, but like towards the urn. Like you got to be looking everywhere because, you know, Australian Survivor did do something similar to this. I believe they had an idol like on top of the urn. Um, so it's not unprecedented. But yeah, I would think wait, Adam. Uh... Sir, but like, I just want to start to interrupt, but like, didn't uh, did Survivor Africa also do something like this, or did they not? You know, I'm not positive on that. I haven't really kept up with Survivor uh, South Africa, um, but I do know Survivor Australia did something like that. Um, but, you know, I fell for this hook, line, and sinker. I really thought that Adam was onto something. I thought that uh, he was going to have this dramatic play where he was going to stand up, rip that thing off. And then he was going to play it, and then Sarah was going to go home. But, you know, the the show usually doesn't take me by surprise anymore. Uh, it absolutely did there. Um, Andrew, did you think this this uh, idol was going to be real? Um, A part of me did with the way they kept, like, showing it and previewing it. A part of me, it kind of gave me a little bit of hope for Adam, like, this might be the thing. But then on the same note, I was hoping it wasn't, because this isn't exactly a direction that I would want Survivor to go in, where they're just hiding idols at Tribal Council. 
it almost like just defeats the purpose of voting someone out at some point we have to I, at some point they have to scale back these twists i think um so i was perfectly okay with it not being an idol and just it being decor i tell uh, you yeah. sorry I, I, I tell you i'm more happy with them hiding an idol at tribal than hiding a damn idol nullifier <laughs> at camp like i'd rather them hide idols in more interesting spots than have these like ridiculous twists that nobody knows like are, are in the game and i just want to jump in here like andrew said though like you know they got scale it back and i think one of the reasons why is that you're kind of missing out on like the intenseness of tribal council when you have like 10 different people standing up and like trying to look for these like hidden idols and like touching and uh, you know seeing uh, what's going on and like peeling the whole set off just to see if they could find something um i think that you know maybe it's a good idea but at the same time uh, i i personally miss the days when tribal council was just asking questions and you would get some drama from you know the answers people would give yeah, I certainly think this is probably going to be a, a, a topic that will be discussed more at the end of the season. But I definitely think that we can look at something like this and we can say, hey, you know, I feel like this game is um, chaotic, but not necessarily chaotic in the ways I thought it would be. I thought it would be a little bit more strategic, a little bit more kind of analytical, as opposed to what I think that we're seeing, where we're seeing a lot of people seem to be afraid to, fall, to throw out a name. And I kind of feel a lot of that may be due to the fact because you have so many twists in the game, vote uh, doublers, vote stealers. I don't know fires, you know, you know, Jeremy has like the, the safety without power twist. I do wonder if people are just afraid to throw out a name because they know that people are, are smart enough to be able to play these advantages correctly. So when you have all these advantages that nobody knows about in the game, they don't know what to expect. So they can't compete against it. So they're a little bit more um, relaxed in terms of who they want to gun for. I think they're a little bit less open to just targeting people outright because of that. And I do think that may be something that Survivor tried to do. They tried to say, hey, we're going to throw out all these twists. We're going to throw out the, the, the currency this season in hopes that the, the greatest minds will actually impress us even more. But I kind of think that may be diffusing um, the actual ability of play because the players are so good that they don't want to make a misstep, which is going to be, you know, harder said than, you know, easier said than done in a game where you don't know all the powers that are um, at stake. So we'll move on to Nick and Sarah. Both of these people had uh, their name thrown out quite a bit during this episode. News, did you think either one of these people uh, had a possibility of getting going home? And if so, which one did you think was more likely to go home? I thought Nick was uh, far more likely to go home. Uh, I think Sarah, at this point, she's shown that she has her like uh, uh, relationships built. She has, uh, you know, her bases covered. Uh, I think with Nick is that it just he just came off very pissed off, and he had this kind of issue in David versus Goliath as well, where like he can't handle uh, being blindsided very well. He uh, he really gets on his vengeance tour, and uh, he comes up he comes up really bitter. And uh, I don't know if that helps him a lot when it comes to rebuilding the bridges that you know could have that could have been like potentially burned from that vote. So I think that based off that, I think it was more likely that people would just like look, look at the two options and see you know uh, Nick probably is the best way to go. Yeah, um, a Andrew, do you agree with the news or did you have a different take? Um, I found the whole thing interesting. I think that my biggest takeaway from this whole thing was that. Sarah showed some form of weaknesses with her gameplay today. Um, and I think this episode was actually a lot better for Nick than it was for Sarah. So to a certain extent, I do agree with him. Um, I think for Sarah, the problem I had with Sarah, and everyone kind of pretty much railed on her for it, was 
giving up a reward because it was Nick's birthday. Um, it, it's like the family trip sort of thing, like giving up the family trip so that the, everyone else can have their like their loved one visit. You don't ever win in situations like those. So I don't know why Sarah did that. Like I, it's a nice human moment. And, you know, it makes me think of her as a nice person. But on the same note, um, if you want to win Survivor, you don't you can't have human moments like that because it makes you a jury threat. Whereas for Nick, although, you know, there was a slight possibility he could have gone. I, I didn't think he really would have with Adam being such a mess and Sarah's mistake. Um, I think Nick showed a little bit more life in his game today in this last episode than he has so far. So it gives me a little bit more hope for him. Yeah, I'm similar to you. Like, I, I didn't see enough negativity uh, coming out of Nick's, like, edit uh, to necessarily expect him to go home this episode. I really thought the show really tried to hammer home, uh, like, hey, Sarah shouldn't have did this. Like, Sarah should not have given up her reward. They even showed, like, the clip of, like, Jeremy and Denise basically saying it was all a game. Even though we know from Sarah that wasn't the case, to make sure to highlight that, you know, it was perceived as as a game move. And I really thought that was going to be kind of like the reason why she was going to go home, or at least the way that the edit was going to portray it. Um, so I, I really did think that Sarah was going to go home, but I did think it was going to be um, based off idol, uh, Adam's fake idol. Um, but, you know, one of the things that we saw after we saw Adam's name and Nick's name and even Sarah's name get thrown out, we saw, you know, what seemed to be the, the first, like, little montage of, of chaos this episode, I think we heard Tyson. Um, I think we heard uh, um, Jeremy, I believe, Denise as well. Um, ben, I think, as well. So, you know, we heard a lot of names come out. And, you know, none of these really came to fruition. But at least they were thrown out. And we got to see that. So now that we see this a little bit of, like, chaos uh, montage come out, does that make you more excited for the rest of the season news? Oh, absolutely. And let me just say this. That montage of Jeremy sitting on the bench and just like his like, huh, what? <laughs> his like laugh tracks at every single like idea. It was fantastic. And like the best part is that it just it made it. it I don't know how long Jeremy was actually sitting on that bench throughout the day. I don't know if this was a montage like you know throughout the day or stuff like that. But it looked like it was like a short span of period. Like it was a short period of time that like each idea came to him. Cause, and his reactions were like top tier every single time. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm loving this, uh, I'm loving this merge so far. I'm, it's, it gets me more excited, but at the same time, I'm kind of, uh, I, I'm, I'm getting game changers vibes where it's like so much strategy that they can't show it, that they just make it into a jumbled mess of chaos that we don't actually get a proper story out of it. And that's my biggest worry. You know, one of the things that we saw a lot from that montage is we saw, you know, some of the, the quote unquote bigger threats being thrown out you know tyson jeremy ben who kind of have that little alliance trying to protect the 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 bigger threats do you think that alliance has like a a countdown clock before it implodes andrew i think so 100 percent. yes yes i do um when you have a group of people like that it's bound to implode and with the theme of chaos now coming up alliances like those do not survive when there's chaos because I there's just so many things that can go wrong, honestly speaking. So I definitely think that countdown has started for that alliance. And I definitely think that if the season is moving to this whole chaos thing, and if you add in the fact of how many twists are literally in play right now, things are going to blow up. Yeah, I agree. 
we alluded to her earlier, but but Sarah giving up the reward seemed to see uh, seemed to be a, a big reason why she could have went home this week. Um, first and foremost, I gotta say I'm really upset with Sarah uh, not only for giving the reward, even though it was a great human moment, uh, you know, it could have cost her her game, but also due to the fact that I think that this episode would have had a much better telling of the strategy if Sarah hadn't given up the reward. I feel like this reward was honestly nothing. Uh, I don't think it did any good. And I think that if Sarah didn't give the reward to Nick, I kind of think it gets cut on the editing room floor. And then we just get more strategy out of this episode. I think we we potentially get tribal, you know, 10 minutes earlier than we actually did. So I think Sarah giving up the reward also kind of made the episode a little bit worse because they had less time to kind of like narrate the craziness that, that happened to this episode. Um, so I'll go to the news. Do you think that uh, even though it didn't work out this episode, do you think Sarah giving up their work could possibly have any positive effects? Do you think that Nick will be, maybe be more likely to work with her in the future? Do you think it's possible that that could be something that could uh, you know show that she's a good person at Final Tribal? Do you think there's any po- positive upside to this? This, uh, I, I mean, at first glance, I don't think that there's any real positives coming out of it. But uh, if you actually really you know think outside of the box this might actually really work out for Sarah because if you actually look at the players remaining in the game, one of the bigger themes is like, you know, keeping the big targets. And what if this actually just makes Sarah a bigger target and make her a more uh, higher profile player? So much so that it actually kind of helps her, you know, stay in the game because people don't want to get rid of her until like uh, end game, which, you know, at that point with so many twists and crap, she could just like, you know, use those to get uh, to the final three or final two or whatever it is. So, you know, at first glance, I don't think it's uh, there's any real positives, but uh, yeah, once again, just uh, you're really grasping at straws with the uh, you know the making her a bigger target to stay longer. You know, Andrew, do you think that Nick decided made the right decision and kind of like going along with the Sarah vote and not letting her know um, because people may assume that they're an alliance now because she gave up that reward? I think Nick 100% has to vote Sarah because of what Sarah did. Because if he doesn't vote Sarah, um, people will assume they're an alliance. And Nick and Sarah being seen as a pair, an alliance, doesn't help Nick, who's already at the bottom as is and is already being paired with Michelle, who is also at the bottom. So I think... Shut your mouth. Michelle is not at the bottom whatsoever. (laughs) (laughs) Michelle is a queen. She is never going to be uh, voted out. And uh, yeah, sorry. Okay, Karen. Anyways, as I was saying, um, it, it's in Nick's best interest to vote Sarah. At the end of the day, even if Sarah finds out Nick voted for her, like, yeah, she could get mad, but that doesn't really benefit her game. And he really has a simple explanation. Hey, I appreciate you giving me reward, but if I didn't vote for you, people would think we're in cahoots, and that ruins both of our games. Um, so I think he made the right decision in this case. Okay, so we'll, we'll go to the window fallout now, the window vote off from last week. You know, two people were blindsided that vote. You had Nick and you had Michelle. Michelle said that she was okay with window going home in her confessional, um, but, you know, she was still left out of the, of the vote. So we'll go to uh, news first. News, tell me what you think Michelle did right or wrong coming back from camp. Listen, man, you could, uh, I think Adam really, like, uh, put, you know, brought it up in his confessional he said that michelle seemed uh, like she uh, she seemed upset but at the same time she seemed like a piece that people can like pick up as a vote you know what i mean whereas uh, and i think that's intentional on michelle's part you know what i mean when it comes to uh making sure that you don't burn those bridges and making sure that you're able to actually repair the damage that's lost 
uh, I think that's really crucial. And I think Michelle was, showed her skill, really, in doing so this uh, episode. Um, I think when it comes to Nick, though, he had a bit of a tougher time because like, like, even Tony had to just like tell him, like, calm down. You can't you know, act like a child whenever something uh, doesn't go your way. Gotcha. One of the things that kind of irritated me, and we brought this up um, during the last episode, is they always have these endurance challenges at the merch. Uh, so I- I'll go to Andrew. Andrew, how many more endurance challenges do you think we could possibly get? <laughs> I think we're going to have one every single time till finale. And it irks my soul that we are in season, what is this, 41 or 40 of Survivor? What, what season number is this? 40. 40. So we're in 40 seasons of Survivor. Jeff Probst, are you really trying to tell me that in 40 seasons of Survivor, you can't come up with another competition type trivia, speed, I don't know, something, puzzle. Every single merch challenge has been, in, it, it drives me insane. I hate it. And, I, yeah, no, it's it's unacceptable, honestly, as a Survivor fan. Uh, here's my question, right? Do you think it's because of time that they go with, uh, time constraints that they go with endurance? So, because with endurance, it's a lot easier to, like, show, because you don't have to go through every single, like, player's, like, progress of the challenge. You could just, like, do some cuts here and there and show, like, oh, so-and-so drop, next person, so-and-so drop. So, is, uh, is it, like, a time constraint type of thing, or do you think that just, uh, you know, being lazy about it? I definitely think that's that's part of it news. I think it also is like easier for them to set up like physically in terms of like, you know, how long does it take to take, you know, 10 buoys and put them in the water as opposed to building these ginormous structures that you see in the pre-merge phase and in the end game. But I also believe that a lot of it has to do with the fact that that they feel like, uh, you know, they don't have challenges that they can cut you know, as fluidly as that. But like, you know, you just have to, you know, make the changes to make that challenge not be you know as long you know these challenges don't have to be 15 minutes apiece you know not every challenge has to be as long as the edge of extinction challenge some of these or you could made. just remove edge of extinction yeah exactly yeah you could also do that um but yeah I, I what i will say about the endurance challenges is i do think with this season um i've seen a lot of people do a lot better than i expected you know i saw um i saw nick do a lot better than i expected in both challenges i had no idea that benjry bergen was going to get second in like a balance competition i did not think that he had as much uh you know balance and dexterity in him uh, to be able to do that so i was surprised at that um one of the things that I hate is, you know, we, we kind of memed about it a little bit a few episodes ago when I was like, hey, could Sandra have won this Edge of Extinction challenge? But it's like, if Sandra was still in the game, she never was going to win any of these challenges. And it's not even like, it's not even like a, a percentage chance. Like if it was a puzzle at the end, then you could say, hey, maybe these other people get stuck and Sandra could potentially win like a puzzle or whatever. But like Sandra would never win one of these challenges. So it's like, in my opinion, if they completely rule out somebody, then you shouldn't have these challenges like after, you know, one after another after another. You know, you can do endurance mentally too. Like you can do, I forgot what season it was. I think it was like 35 where they did like uh like, almost like a Simon game where it was like green, yellow, red, and you had to repeat it back to him. And you can do that too. Like it doesn't have to be like, you know, all physical. Yeah, that was a great, ch- or like, you know, the challenge where they have to like the touchy subjects or whatever, where they have to reveal, uh, like so they like cut someone's like uh, rope or whatever. Yeah. That, that's another great challenge. I don't know why they have to go with endurance every single time. Yeah. I definitely well, think that like the touchy subjects one would be interesting for this season as well. Yeah. Andrew. Oh, I was gonna say I remember. I think the last time they used touchy subjects was it was San Juan del Sur. No, I think because so. it's been a while since we've seen. And I think the reason they stopped using that was because literally they just handed the win to Missy in that challenge. 
So I think they want to avoid that type of situation. But I think in a season with winners at war, if that's what you're going to call them, winners at war, then I think this would be the perfect time to bring it back. So there's well, they, other challenges out there. That I just feel like I don't know if it's laziness. I don't know if it's editing like you brought up because that's valid. Whatever it is, it's irritating. You know, we'll, let's hop into some of the advantages in the game. Uh, Michelle uh, trades in four tokens for a 50-50 idol. I'm going to get both of y'all's perspective. We'll go to news first. If you're in that position, in Michelle's position in the game, do you think you trade the four fire tokens to the 50-50 idol? Uh, I personally, this may be a hot take, but I personally wouldn't. Uh, I'm personally of the school of thought that uh, hidden immunity idols, unless you're someone who's really calm, they usually cause mass paranoia and cause you to uh, overplay things a lot of times. That's just my view on it. Um, I personally think that, uh, the, especially with the 50-50 idol, right? You don't even know if, it, it, like, it's, it's as, a, as the idol says, it's 50-50. So, like, it's kind of risky. And in my opinion, you could do a lot more with those four t- fire tokens. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I have similar um, stances to you. But, Andrew, what do you think about the 50-50 idol? I thought it was a terrible buy. Um, if I'm spending four fire tokens, I need an idol that I can 100% use that I know will work when I absolutely need it, not... Oh, I figured out I'm in danger. Now I have to flip a coin. Oh, it landed on not safe. I'm out of coins. I have no idol, and I'm going home now. So I, I need something more definite, and this isn't definite at all. And she even tested it out, and it lived up to the name of 50-50. So I'm baffled as to why she bought it. Yeah, I think Michelle did a great job at spinning it uh, in terms of like a good narrative where it's like, Hey, you have to take risk and you have to, you know, uh, follow your gut and things like this. But like, I don't know. I just feel like this, this idol, like Andrew said, like, uh, um, if I'm spending four fire tokens on it, I better get a hundred percent of the play. And I don't even think this is technically an idol, right? Like I could be wrong on this, but isn't just immunity. Like she can't play this on somebody, right? She can't flip it and then like play it on Nick. Right, like this no, is like I a, think it's immunity. Yeah, this yeah. is immunity. It's not even an idol, so it's really this is something that should have been offered like for one fire token, if anything. Oh, really? I yeah. thought it was like a thing that like you know when Jeff goes like, oh, if you want to use an idol, and then she, she like stands up and then she flips a coin, and if it's like a fail, she sits back down. Or yeah, well, I mean, I think that's what it is too, but I think it's like instead of an idol per se, it's more of like just straight up immunity like for her. She can't like play it on somebody. Um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, hopefully, they clarify that in the in the future episodes. I think I think one of the biggest gaffes with with the survivor this season is, is with the fire tokens. I don't think that we viewer really have a full perspective on what they can buy, so it's harder to look at these kind of things. Like I know for a fact that I think four fire tokens is what it is. Either three or four fire tokens on edge gets you an idol, um, but obviously, like. You know, they're not going to be good if you don't get back into the game. So I would assume that three or four is not what it costs um, to get one in the game. But I do wonder, like, how far was Michelle from, like, being able to just buy out a regular idol? If she was within three fire tokens or even four, I would say, just hold on to them. (laughs) Just hold on to them. Yeah, and I also want to know, they don't show this in the episodes, but, like, are the winners actually, you know, using the fire token similar to like, you know, how Denise and Sandra use it, where they're they're bartering with it? They're like, I'll give you this if you vote this way, or you know, I'll give you this, or you know, stuff like that. Because we don't really see I, that a whole lot. I feel like if that was the case, they'd show it because you would want to do anything to make these fire tokens look good. So if people are using it to barter for votes. I think you would show that. So I yeah, don't for sure. think they are. I think so far the only bartering that's gone on is Denise and Sandra. 
which is so odd. You would think that they would actually like barter with them. I don't know. Maybe they maybe they're all like trying to hoard up because they think that they're going to turn into something like magical like later on. So let me if, ask you a question, News. Sorry to cut off Wyatt. If you're on Winners at Edge and you have one fire token, and someone comes up to you and says, "I'll give you a fire token to vote out someone who is in your alliance," are you really going to do that? I mean, I would still take it and I would lie about it. Doesn't mean that it's not necessarily a thing that's like done deal where you have to do it. You can always just like go back on your word and don't do it and just pretend like you did. Yeah, I mean, why I Andrew, just... this is why Andrew loses. I mean, this is why News loses at Final Tribal if he. <laughs> Right, hey, like, man, you're I, not gonna. That's a horrible decision because you're voting someone out who's gonna be on the jury for a fire token. I'm gonna remember that you lied to me over a fire token. So when you want two million dollars, good luck getting my vote. Yeah, but these are all winners, Andrew. Don't you think that like they're gonna be at least so much to like think about like how well you pull it off strategically and stuff like that? I know it's like they might be like <laughs> they might make it like news. Um, news. Like, news. We're on a season where Rob literally forced his tribe to sit. At daycare before tribal council, do you really think some of these people are not above voting against things like that? I also got to say that all stars and heroes and villains is not necessarily the great president. You know, uh, if we're going to assume that like all returnees equals like uh, quote unquote non emotional jury, like you know, those I mean, seasons, so far, I think... right? We've got Amber winning because the jury hated Rob. We got Sandra winning because the jury hated Russell and Parvati. Like, the track record here, I, I hate to break it to you, News. This is not the season that you are going to screw someone over for a fire token and get an applause. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I will see how I go if Final Trouble Council goes down. And, you know, when I'm proven right, I'll laugh at y'all for, I forgot, for, doubting, <laughs> for doubting me. I forgot who mentioned this, but somebody had mentioned that they felt like uh, Michelle's best option was really to take those four fire tokens. And if she ever really felt like she was on the Alps in the same way that you would want to use this 50-50 immunity that she could use, you know, four fire tokens to essentially get four votes, uh, whether you give one to four different players and hope they keep you, or you give one to one player and say, hey, I'll give you a fire token for every week you can keep me in the game. Then you have, if you have somebody like a Tony who seems to have a lot of pool or someone like Jeremy that has a lot of pool, if they can make that happen, then they're, they're increasing their wealth every single week they keep you in the game. So then you're potentially staying in the game four more weeks than what you would have, and that person is going to have four more fire tokens as well. Yeah, that would be interesting. I think uh, that, like, I, I, honestly, the I think they're just all so enamored by the thought of uh, fire tokens and like what they could turn into that they're all just trying to hoard it at this point. I don't think that they're really uh, looking at how they can use it socially. Yeah, I, I will say another thing that kind of maybe beside myself is you know once again alluding to like a, a former podcast that we did when me and Tyler got into a spat over uh, peanut butter buying etiquette. Um, it seemed like this episode, Harvey and Danny kind of went down that same path where they're like, hey, like, I want to sell this to Michelle so we can buy peanut butter. I'm just like, what? like, don't you want to save for like an idol or an advantage in the Edge of Extinction Challenge? Like, I, I just don't understand why somebody, especially as experienced as Parvati is, uh, to, to, you know, think about buying peanut butter. Like, that seems very odd to me. W what was your guys' take on that? Listen, the, uh, I'm sorry, Parvati fans, but this is this season is not a good look for Parvati whatsoever. First, uh, you know, pre uh, first pre merge, uh, she like she kind of you know fell over and died <laughs> on the uh, trouble like during the whole uh, trouble uh, during the whole episode. Sorry, and now she's buying peanut butter. I don't know. I I, I think uh, that you know the evil poverty, the the evil poverty, the super strategic poverty. I think 
uh, it's been many years, and uh, I think she's kind of lost that in a way. Now, th- that may be a stretch, but this is certainly not good luck in my opinion. Oh, what you think, Andrew? I mean, how many? Uh, if you look at how many days she's been on the edge of extinction, I'm I'm gonna, I'm not one to ever really give Parry the benefit of the doubt, but I'm going to try here. Um, if you look at how long she's been on the edge of extinction, plus all those other players. Is it really outlandish to think, hey, I'm going to buy some peanut butter for me and some of my closest friends so that we're not hungry anymore on this crappy island? No. In that kind of regard, I kind of do get it. Now, if you want to go the, shouldn't you be playing the comeback in the game? If you go doubt route, then what News said is pretty true. This wasn't exactly the best move. But if I'm looking at it from just a survival point of view, I get it. Would I personally do it? No. But... Again, I can't even judge that until I'm stranded on an island with nowhere to go and hungry. So, who knows? Because yeah, here's my question. Sorry, uh, sorry, Wabba. Here's my question. Right? How many uh, immunity advantages can you buy, right? Like, or so challenge advantages can you buy, right? Well, just Cause, one, because it's just one, like, uh, returnee comp, right? Yeah, no, but I'm saying, like, how many advantages could you buy for that comp, though? Oh, I think it's just one. one. But the it's idea, one. right? But the idea, right, is you would have enough that you could you could do exactly what Rob and Natalie did, that you have enough that not only do you have the advantage, but you also have an idol if you come back into the game. Yeah, either uh, just the advantage itself, I think it'd be more it'd be better to use than uh, than buying peanut butter. But then again, Tyson, you know, bought peanut butter and won his way won his way back into the game. So, you know, who knows? It's also possible that, you know, we talked about this when they had the first Edge of, of Extinction Challenge where we're like, where the hell did all these coins come from? Because it seemed like almost everybody had an advantage except for, like, Amber, right? Uh, so it was like, where did all these coins come from? Uh, it's possible that maybe Poverty already has, like, enough to, to, to buy an advantage and potentially an idol, too. So maybe the peanut butter is really just the cherry on top. Um, but once again, we don't know that because they only show us, you know, a little bit of Edge and they don't really keep us, you know, we don't have a coin count, you know, so we don't exactly know what's going on. So uh, I'm on the Survivor Fandom Wikia page, and according to that, I don't know how accurate this is. It's saying a jar of peanut butter is one token. Okay. Oh, would, really? I don't know uh, why she would try to get four then. Like she's that, eating her and her friends, apparently. Why is? I guess, but it's like if you liked Michelle, like you want her to do well. I feel like if you're only trying to get one thing, thing up, I think you should try to focus on like. Because to me, if I'm on the edge, right, and they send me, and I'm trying to give news, uh, you know. That's 50-50 idol. I want to make sure News is going to buy it. And I think if I'm charging him $4, I don't think, I mean, four fire tokens, I don't necessarily think that's a guarantee it's going to happen. If you're really worried about food, you make that maybe two, maybe even one, and you make sure News buys it. Because I think that if we, you know, we were kind of hesitant on the buy at four tokens, but if it was two tokens, I wouldn't have an issue with it. Um, I wouldn't have an issue with it if it was one token. Um, and I don't think most people would. And obviously Michelle would have bought it. Um, so I kind of think that, like, you know, you kind of have to... Uh, you, know, you have to set the price high enough um, that you you get the you know the, the buyer, but at the same time, you know you want to make sure that uh, they actually buy. I think four was really risky for her to assume that. What if she bought it and then she bought the advantage as well? How much is the I mean, advantage? Uh, an advantage, according to this chart, is that's odd. It says one token. I feel like that's low, but an idol with full power is three tokens. Yeah. Okay, so at that point, she can buy like she can. It's a good combination of stuff she could buy with four. Yeah, if that's real, then I think a lot of our, our like peanut butter discussion is almost null and void, right? Because like, because uh, like you have the um, because like um, T- Tyson had the one to to get the advantage, and then had the one 
uh, for the peanut butter. So he didn't even have enough to get the idol uh, if that's the case. So, uh, you know, potentially our peanut butter discussion really is uh, uh, a little bit chunkier than we thought. Um, but let's go ahead and end this. Uh, we're going to do uh, one of my favorite parts. This is called Get It Off Your Chest. Uh, news, do you have anything you want to get off your chest? Um, I think that uh, I'm just trying to think. Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, so at the Tribal Council, I th- there's two parts to this. So the first part, I think uh, Ben, he really sunk his own ship when he tried to d- do a verbal battle against Adam because Adam tore him apart. Uh, I think uh, Adam really definitely destroyed him with that, you know, you're so sensitive line. I think the ju- he really ca- Ben really came off badly in the, the eyes of the ju- jury, in my opinion, there. And uh, I think, too, I don't know how naturally Adam acts like the way he does at like you know tribal council, but like when when the scenes that we see him being strategic, he has like this weird like he wide open eyes, he's just, like staring at people. It comes out so creepy. I don't know if that's actually like the case of him, like how he talks normally to people, but if it, if it's like tribal council, I like you know, uh, I, I I'm kind of hoping that he was more, he acts more naturally like he did he does at tribal council than like the weird creepy freak who's like staring at in your eyes. All right, Andrew, you got anything you want to get off your chest? Um, nothing that bothers me too much, but I guess the one thing I, I would want to point out or just thought about, I guess this is a thought that I want to get out there, is I feel like Survivor might want to consider making their episode longer than an hour. Like, maybe an extra 30 minutes might do it some good. What because... an original thought. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, it, that's why I said it wasn't that big of a deal, because it's not an original thought, but I've thought about it more and more. The challenge already does this. Survivor, the only reason I think Survivor should consider it is that it will give us more character development, it will give us more strategy time, and it will probably give them a little bit more leeway with what type of challenge they do, assuming they don't use the extra 30 minutes to cover an entire challenge. So just a thought, not original, but something to think about. I do think this is something that Survivor would do if given the opportunity. I think it's more CBS that feels like an, a Survivor an hour and a half is not... Uh, you know, the route they want to go. I don't know what airs at nine. I think it's SWAT. I don't know if that season's over or whatever. Like, I don't know if it's even, you know, possible for them to be able to do 90 minutes. But I definitely think Survivor would, would salivate the idea of being able to have more airtime if they just, you know, did it. I think somebody even talked about the idea of potentially having, like, an episode on Friday, like a mini episode where all you talk about is maybe, like, the edge. And they do all the edge stuff on Friday. And then you would end with like, hey, Power Bridge just sent this to Michelle. Is Michelle going to buy it? Find out Wednesday. Um, just because like there's nothing on TV on Friday or Saturday on CBS. So that kind of is like an, an airtime that would make sense for them to be able to kind of like take some of the, the you know, the um, the burden of having all this jam packed in an hour. But yeah, so I, I agree with you, Andrew. As for me, what I'm going to get off of my chest is this. I don't particularly like Adam. I don't think he's a great game player. Uh, he comes off very annoying to me. But I do think that people have to be, uh, you know, commendable uh, when they talk about Adam in this regard. Because I think regardless of what we're talking about, first vote uh, to now, I mean, he really did scratch and claw. Like, I don't think that Adam can leave the game and have many reservations. I think he tried his best. You know, he tried to make tribal chaotic. You know, he, he tried to bounce back in that first vote. Uh, when they thought it could have been him instead of Natalie. Um, he really has tried his best to make sure that he is not the vote, even though he didn't do a good job of that. He at least left it all on the table. And I think as a survivor viewer, that's what I want to see. Uh, you know, going up and, and you know, tra- grabbing that fake idol certainly uh, made him look a little stupid. But I think that's something that, you know, was, you know, something that 
he should be commended for at least attempting to do uh, as silly as like the, uh, the it's a effing stick idle moment is, um, you know, they try to stay in the game. They did everything they possibly could. And I think somebody like Adam should be commended for that, uh, despite his, uh, numerous flaws, but thank you for joining in. Thank you news and Andrew, uh, for joining me, uh, Make sure you listen to our daily reality TV podcast, Reality Daily. This week we're going to be talking about other TV shows outside of Survivor. We're talking about The Challenge. We're talking about Bachelor. Listen to Your Heart. That train wreck starts this week. Um, we're going to be talking about, um, I believe we're going to be talking about uh, Quibi, uh, the new streaming service. They have some kind of unscripted uh, reality TV show content. So we're going to talk about that and see if that's worth it uh, for, from a reality TV fan perspective. Uh, so thank you, and we'll talk to you soon.